So here's the question. In the print and packaging supply chain, how do we deliver new ideas and innovative practices to continually improve your profit, your brand, and your quality? Welcome to the Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins, Director of Print Technologies for ID Alliance. We are a nonprofit global think tank serving the graphic communications industry with 12 offices strategically located around the world to better support our membership. You can support the Gamut Podcast and content like this by becoming a member at ID Alliance by going to www.idalliance.org. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Canon USA. They provide industry-leading production and large-format printing solutions supported by exceptional professional service offerings. On today's Gamut Podcast, we have the pleasure of speaking with Niall Cody. And for those that don't know who Niall is, he was at the forefront of color management back in the early days, around the early 90s. And Niall worked with Dan Caldwell and Franz Herbert. They're often referred to fondly as the fathers of ICC color management. And Niall is now the managing director of MPX Color based in the UK. And MPX is involved with color management, RIPs, PDF workflows, and they work with leading brands, agencies, printers, key technologies, and partners working to solve complex production challenges through the print and packaging supply chain to make media workflows more consistent, more accurate, and more efficient. Niall, great to have you on the Gamut Podcast, and how are you today? I'm very good, Jeff. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Niall, great to have you on. And today I wanted to start off and ask you, since you work in the UK and Europe, uh, but primarily in the UK, I was hoping to find out what the current state there as far as print service providers and brands and the adoption of uh, new things like, well, not so new for G7, but also new things like ECG. And we see a uh, greater adoption and people are definitely uh, taking the dive to to take on these uh, new processes. Uh, definitely uh, G7's been here for a while in the States uh, as well as other parts of the world. But uh, what's happening with G7 and ECG, their uh, extended color gamut in the UK? Can you give us an idea of what's going on sure um the people that i'm dealing with here in, in packaging and primarily in labels um they're actually really excited about the fact that for instance um a good press can reproduce 66 percent of all pantone colors under a delta e of 2.2 2.5 and that's very exciting for them because they can do quote quote unquote more with four it's, it's easier for them to control uh, ecg does have a few mechanical uh, oddities as well that makes things a little hard to control on the press. So they like to stick with CMYK if they're going to use a fixed palette approach to print. And I'm getting more traction on the ground with that right now and using um, ColorLogic Zebra and its prediction functions for for Pantone. I'm seeing a lot of that now and people really excited and wanting to uh, use that technology. And as I say, more with four, yeah, rather than looking at ECG. On the large format side of things, we are working with a large, uh, well, an an enormous company, an international company that is a print management company. They're working on behalf of one particular large brand, and um, they've asked me to do some work with a multitude of different suppliers that are point of sale. Now, my name is Cody. I, I might as well be 
Wild Bill or Buffalo Bill Cody because um, the Wild West is what I would class the large format market to be. You know, the different rips, the very complicated workflows, the different printing technologies themselves, ink substrates. I mean, Jesus, I've been into a place where the substrates stacked on top of each other looked like a collage of colors. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And just walking in to where they store their their rolls and the different substrates, it's it boggles the mind how they keep track of all the different uh, 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 substrates. I've got the answer for you, though, Jeff. Give the answer. Yeah. Is, the answer is G7 because, of course, G7 doesn't have a paper. It doesn't have an ink. And uh, you know, I, I I'm not preaching about it. I really, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm very impressed with G7. It's uh, I've known Don Hutchinson since uh, 2002 or something, and never really touched on the subject with him. Um, but sitting down and and having a bit of time with Ron Ellis was very very useful for me. And uh, I immediately saw the light, uh, if you will. And um, the 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 way it was explained was not the way it had been explained to me in the past. And I saw immediately all the pitfalls in how uh, a FOGRA implement, implementation, well, it's not bad, but uh, certainly, you know, the pitfalls of that type of implementation, uh, in at least in the offset and, and, and the digital t- type of environment. Um, but I just, you know, I, I've, I, I really do believe that in the POS uh, side of uh, the business, that G7 is the key and the answer. I've literally been on four sites since I did my training uh, with this large uh, print management company and doing presentations and practical demonstrations of how G7 works uh, using Bruce Bain's spot on t- technology and using um, Steve Upton's curve yeah. uh, technology. Um, and of course, color logic as well. I mean, Thorsten has got the math down for G7 pat as far as i'm concerned um and i've been showing the the independently showing these people how this works and actually this morning i got my first purchase order for uh, a large uh, and very well known uh, point of sale company in the north of england in who pushed the button on and on, on going g7 and the big brand for the big print management company to be educated and perhaps to convince that G7 is the way to go here in the UK as well as well literally their company in every other country in the world and uh, so you know it, things look good for G7 in the UK and I think for yeah. perhaps uh, I might be able to solve this wild west issue with G7 and now uh, you recently finished the G7 expert certification course there in Brussels Belgium and Ron Ellis was the instructor and um I know that you know G7 uh, even prior to taking the certification course, but uh, it sounds like the light bulb went on during the course. And what was it about the course that really turned that light bulb on? Uh, I think the thing, the light bulb went on when I when I saw a picture uh, that Don had of his grandfather in a... His grandfather was uh, looked like a magistrate in a court, yeah. and uh, the, the on the the original picture maybe faded or whatever. They had a little grayscale in the bottom uh, left hand side, and he had just simply neutralized that gray, and the color came into you know came into focus, yeah. if you will, in the picture. Um, the the idea in my mind was um, very clear that, uh, you know, get the gray and the color will follow. So just little anecdotes that come out of me from time to time. Um, And I was, you know, I I really sort of at that point, I just saw, wow, you know, I can I can really see this happening. And because I'd spent 
the last sort of year or so working with this big print management company and we'd implemented some technology from uh, X-Ride called ColorCert. I don't know if you're yeah, aware of it. But, aware uh, of yeah. Yeah. Um, for, for this particular brand and the way that they wanted to interact with all of their clients, it went on to be very good software. But one thing I really noticed in that software, of course, is that we wanted to um, start, have a quality control for gray. All right. Yeah. Now, when I was going through the presentation with Ron, which was really, really interesting, he said one thing that really clicked with me and it said, look, you know, I can have the best dock gain in the world on any instrument um, on my offset press um, and I can have the dock gain perfect and I can have the endpoints of the color perfect. But for some reason, I don't seem to get the gray. And of course, and he says the reason for that, of course, is that the methodology in, in the Fogra approach does not account for uh, or indeed, should I say, I shouldn't say the Fogra approach, I mean, in the actual physical TVI, standard itself, yeah, TVI. Uh, 12472, it doesn't talk about uh, the trap of the inks and how the inks trap together. And of course, in POS, for me, I was working on UV lithopress, right? So UV is going to trap very differently to the standard offset. So um, the light bulb just went on at that point. And I could see why we were failing all the grays and why things were really, really not coming into play. So the first one, I literally, i I've been back a couple of days from Belgium in the training. I, I literally had gone to uh, Rick Habmaker at Chromix and said, right, I need a set of your software there and I'm going to go in and I'm going to give this a shot. I walked onto that site. Um, I walked onto that site and within about three hours, we had his press calibrated and um, their onset, their Fuji onset digital machine calibrated. I had to put the digital silk, uh, we were working on silk paper just for the sake of doing the test. Yeah, I had to put the digital paper over the offset and it was such a good match that the client just couldn't believe what he was saying. I mean, he'd never seen that. I mean, as you can imagine, on UV offset and for a digital application, we'd use the profiles and we'd get the gray pretty good. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But never without a profile had he seen a gray balanced or a neutral balance. And it kind of clicked for him too. things like, well, I said to him, look, we could take advantage of the full gamut of the press. We could, uh, the digital press, that is, by um, balancing the gray and just not having a profile in place. Or you could have a profile in place if you wanted to use, for instance, G7 targeted or the color yeah. space type of approach. Um, I started to explain this and he started to get very interested in it. And I could see that light bulbs were going on in his head as well. And for me, look, I'm purely, I, I don't, I don't have a degree in color science. I've just been doing this for so long that if I wasn't good at it, I might as well just go home now. <laughs> I should. So the, I'm very practical in the way I implement technologies is the point that I'm trying to make. And uh, when I see a client get as excited as I am, about a, about a, the results of a system in place, I know that we're onto a winner. So that's it. It's a results-driven scenario. Another thing that was said in my conversations with um, Ron, which I loved, was the fact that this is a printer's tool. And I've noticed this. I've been on four sites and I've seen all the printers, every single one of them going, yes, I can see the results. This is the first time anybody's come in with color management and not bored the death, bored, bored me to death or shown me something that I didn't agree with. And, it, you know, literally we were walking off the presses with things that were well and neutrally balanced and they were really, really pleased with what they were saying. So light bulbs went on for me. Okay, and I don't want to go off on tangent too much here, but light bulbs are also going off for my clients. And that's when I know something is really good. There's um, 
there are a lot of complexities. I mean, I've worked in the industry before in process control. So we, and on heat set and cold set web presses. So, I mean, this is going back a few years now, but, uh, I know what it's like to be in an environment where it's almost impossible to control what's happening on the press. And I'm also very familiar with all of the suppliers of the inks and the papers and the found solutions and everything that the, every time they walk into the client, the first thing they're going to say is I'm going to save you money and time and ink and all these things. And they never actually are able to do that where, technologies like, well, ink savings and G7 and things, these technologies actually were capable of actually saving money, um, you know, and actually delivering uh, some results. I've... I've known a few a few of the old G7 guys there for quite a few years. I mean, people like Dave Hunter and so on. And I've spent some time with those guys and and Matt Fain and a few other guys that are in this sort of U.S. Wow. industry. Um, and we all agree the same thing that you know the the technologies for software actually can sometimes sometimes be overlooked in terms of being very effective in saving these people money and time and actually you know putting together their workflows. Matt, I know you've been doing this quite some time, and I know your background. But for our listeners, uh, why don't you tell us how you got started in college? or management when when did it uh, all begin for you I, I've, I've been, as I said, uh, you know, before Jeff, I, I've been doing this a number of years. Um, my first, um, in fact, it was a mistake that I even got into color management. I'll be honest, you know, here, uh, I was working with a company, um, just at the cusp of, you know, the, uh, plates going digital. I was involved with a, a company that, um, was, uh, use, implementing digital, uh, proofing solutions for clients, uh, using uh, color copiers. And um, I was on an install, installing the system using um, a particular type of rip. And the client uh, from the proof, the client said to me, why doesn't this proof match at the time an analog chromlin? Are you familiar with what an analog chromlin is? Oh, yeah. Chromlins. And uh, we used to do a lot of match prints a couple of places I worked. Uh, but yeah. Dan Caldwell uh, used to refer to uh, Britain as uh, Cromelin Island. Believed <laughs> everybody uh, believed that that was the case, and of course, you know, I think everybody was quite sort of yeah, they were they were quite focused on these these standards at the time. Yeah. And when I say standards, everything in the UK from the UK print and uh, graphics industry is focused on the proof, and therein lies a bit of a rub, actually, because. <laughs> Um, that's one thing I like about G7 is that it has the p- potential to pull us away from a proofing system as being the god of all of this and actually looking at controlling the print environments more sp- specifically. I just have never believed in the fact that we have like a 3,000 pound proofing printer is is essentially driving, you know, a press that's worth a few million. I just don't see the logic in that. Almost definitely. It doesn't make too much sense there. And it was, but, you know, a on the other hand, it's not uh, economical to try to proof a, uh, on a $3 million press. Um, the cost is out of, astronomical, but, uh, you know, with inkjet targeting a uh, press condition, so we have it uh, the right way, you know, not the uh, cart before the horse like before when we were trying to force a press to print, you know, force a, a round peg into a square hole to match you know, uh, a die sub uh, uh, proofing solution like a Chromlin or Match Print. I remember trying to, you know, push TVI numbers or dot gain around on those match prints to match the press and the press to the match print. It was just messy all around. But uh, now we have, you know, the digital side of things. Um, 
were able to proof on the uh, digital presses very quickly. And uh, like you had mentioned, G7, you know, applied to uh, inkjet wide format solutions. You can, you know, take advantage of the dynamic range, the wider color gamut. And so you're not dumbing the uh, capability down to a smaller gamut like going offset or some of the analog systems. So there's, you know, again, coming back to, you know, that core fundamental of good gray balance. If we apply it properly to inkjet digital across all these different technologies, now we have, you know, a a universal way of uh, achieving a similar uh, visual appearance, good tonality, good imagery production that's similar because we're using the same gray balance amps. Yeah, yeah, no, I I like the idea of the universal data set. So the universal digital data set and having a, a common color gamut that's a lot larger, of course, than any, uh, well, in my opinion, achievable color gamut on a digital press. Um, that, that I've had some samples of that sent over. It's, uh, yeah, it looks quite good. I mean, it's certainly an approach. The problem, of course, we all are going to run into at one point is once we start making changes here, again, coming back to Cromelin Island. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the fact is, is that um, we have to get the the stakeholders in in the graphic uh, graphic arts chain to adopt these standards to adopt these profiles and their usage and this is this is a this is an interesting sort of scenario because that's the biggest problem in the UK at the moment is that i mean literally everything is based on a fogra data set which is called 39 um in fact a fogra 39l meaning it was the um it 7.4 patch set that was used to make that particular characterization or that data for that profile um so that's that seems to be sort of the de facto standard here in the uk if you ask anybody and every assumption is that a fogra 39 proof is essentially you know the golden holy grail of 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 color here um in in the point of sale market like you say what's happening is is that there are certain people that are waking up to the fact that actually they're dumbing down their work too much that most digital presses and i use the excellent fuji onset as an example have got a huge massive color gamut by comparison can produce a lot of pantones in fact over 80 percent under a delta e of two a really really fantastic machine um that particular machine there if you're converting all of your your uh, files to a 39L, Fogger 39L standard, uh, you're, you're basically dumbing down your color. You're you're not taking advantage of, of what you could be taking advantage of in terms of saturated, more chromatic colors. So, you know, it, these are things, again, from the G7 perspective that I quite like, the fact that, uh, you know, I can neutrally balance a bunch of presses and then I could have native uh, output for that. If we were to put a universal data set in, in front of that, we could actually take advantage of the full gamut of these presses, which would be brilliant. But we're not losing anything in terms of consistency because consistency is, as far as I'm concerned, gray, gray ramp, gray balance. And uh, that's where G7 comes in. And as I say, you know, I'm very, very much a believer now that this is a way forward. Were you able to stay after the G7 certification course and attend the brand Q seminar that uh, I'm going to give a shout out here to Alan Lawler, who coordinated all of the uh, courses there. He's our director for Idea Alliance Europe, and he had uh, set up the brand Q uh, seminar with Cospecto and Mark Verbist and uh, Ron uh, did that seminar. Ron Ellis, were you able to stay for that? Um, in fact, that was brought up. In fact, they were doing a brand Q session there uh, in Belgium. I, I didn't go. I, did, I couldn't. I had some business to do back in the UK. But um, because I work with some brands um, here and on behalf of other companies, it's a, a very um, 
interesting prospect for me and something that I've discussed with Alan Lawler um, and something I will be engaging with uh, very, very shortly. Let's just put it this way. The first European brand queue uh, session has yet to be agreed. So I I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, Mind you, I've never been a stranger for um, for going over to the US. I I love it. So uh, perhaps I'll go to one of the sessions over there. Uh, But um, I can see how it ties in quite nicely, actually. Um, You know, the brand Q side of things, I can see how it ties into the um, G7 expert uh, qualification and how that can be very, very useful here in the UK. I've just found in the UK that there's been very little... um, independent direction when it comes to this type of work. So for instance, one of the great things is if I sit down and have a conversation with a number of people, they they won't understand basic concept like Delta E, for instance, and yet they would use that phrase in their conversation across the table and they would be talking about delta e of one and a delta e of this and that and the other um as uh, you know as you know there's there's different formulae when it comes to delta e and so you know it's 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 a minefield uh they don't understand the difference between delta e 76 94 2000 you know there's no understanding of how these things uh, when we're talking about difference and actually in i i read somewhere actually that uh, delta e means delta is difference but e stands Stands for uh, a word that I cannot pronounce in German. It's Impfundung or something like this, which essentially means sensation. And uh, so it's a difference in sensation. Yeah. And uh, so that's very interesting that they talk about that. I often say that in my in my when I'm talking to people, I say, look, it's actually a difference in sensation. So you can just imagine this is all about feelings and sensations. And I said, you know, me for me for one, I said I have my problem problem with my feelings. And of course, everybody laughs. But uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, color the problem is is a, a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing so what i found uh, overriding thing here is that with most um, experts that work for brands what they do is they'll come in and they will almost use this small amount of information to beat people up and make people feel bad and i've seen with press management tools for instance used in the in the in the workplace where something is only good if it's 99% do you understand what I'm saying? So you've got a press tool there when they read the color bar. You're fantastic. Everybody is 99%. They're all doing great. Yet if you, for instance, were to read that color bar with other technologies, you might be getting 45% if you get my meaning. So it might be less true. Uh, I found most of the brands chasing that dream. So everything is 99%. Everybody's got to hit that. When a client is trying to reproduce work, they're getting these really high scores on these scoring systems. And the work looks nothing like the proof and it you know completely doesn't match so there's a huge reliance on delta e and numbers and not enough reliance on what you were describing there with with, with regards to hey there's a cast on this and i want to get rid of that cast because i want to match the actual physical proof that i've got in my hand so education wise yes i think they're open to education uh, jeff um but in very many cases they require a little bit of coaxing a little bit of um, proof, if you will. Because again, coming back to one thing I said earlier is that all the manufacturers are out there saying, hey, buy our products because they'll give you the lowest Delta E, the best ink savings and the best savings here, there and everywhere. They're confused because everybody's telling them that they're going to get the best things in sliced bread for you know everything that they purchase. And yet they're not able to achieve that and it becomes confusing for them. So without rolling on, it's just, you know, that's what it is. It's a little bit of information. They'll beat people up over that information. Uh, won't quite understand what they're asking people to actually reproduce. And in many cases, the education that I would 
independently provide is I would say these are your parameters guys this is the method of print that we have here this is what you can actually achieve on this method of print and this is what we would expect to be adrift between the different sites right. that we want to work with well yeah Niall I know you have to run for today uh, you're a busy guy and uh, so we'll go ahead and bring this to an end and I'll let you get going again pr- I so much appreciate you spending the time here and we're going to have another conversation with you uh, shortly in the near future so look forward to doing that with you and take care yeah yourself as well jeff thanks very much for your time appreciate it you got it man take care bye-bye thanks for listening to the gamut podcast if you have ideas suggestions or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org that's j-c-o-l-l-i-n-s at idealliance.org take care and have a productive day